Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Oh, no, we are now. Okay, good. Just making sure. <laughs> um, uh, I, we, today, we're going to talk about relationship killers. We are joined by Dan Alexa. I'm going to turn it over to Jerome. Before I do, though, I want to tell everybody to make sure you comment, like, share, all that good stuff while we are doing this today. Um, and we are excited to hear from you. And Jerome, uh, it's all you. <laughs> I, I just need to know really quick, why'd you say my name after you said relationship killer? Uh, We'll figure that out. <laughs> it's because of what you did to my relationship, Dan. Oh, <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Tuesday Live here with CLCI. Uh, this month, we will be focusing on relationships. Last month, we went all over goal setting. And if you guys want to check that out, go ahead and check out our previous four videos for the entire Hello, month of January. We're in February now. Uh, it is the month of love. Valentine's is coming up, right? Uh, it's Mardi Gras too. Mardi Gras is coming up, which I'm excited about. Not so much Valentine's, but you know what? It's, it's okay to each their own. Um, we do have a special guest with us here today, facilitator Dan, and I'll give him a minute so he can go ahead and introduce himself. Um, also Lisa, who is somewhat of an expert in this field, as she is a relationship coach. She's shaking her head. She's being modest, but I'll go ahead and give both you guys a second to introduce yourselves, starting with Lisa. Oh, I thought we were starting with Dan. Okay, welcome everyone. We're gonna talk about my favorite thing, relationships. Um, been working on relationships as a couples coach since 2011. I've learned a lot um, from my own personal world, let alone working with clients. When I work with clients uh, or when I started working with clients at first, I didn't want to. <laughs> Get in front of people arguing who wants to do that. But in, in the light of who I became as a couples coach, it was the perfect thing for me to do. So we'll talk about some of those aspects. Dan's incredible uh, through his coaching experience. He's worked with couples here and there as well. So let's share, Dan, you're on. And I've, I'm an expert in relationships because I've had so many. There so yeah. There's that too, and it's all about bringing it all together to get that golden heart that's beating so nice like that and making everybody happy and communicate. Yes, there we go. Awesome. No hearts on my end. Because <laughs> the two biggest things in coaching tend to be either work or relationships. So let's, <laughs> let's dial in on that relationship thing. Yeah, and even, even with relationships in work, it, I mean, it's still the same. It's all about a relationship, whether something's working or not working, you're not speaking up, you're speaking up too loudly, et cetera. But I am stepping on your toes, Dan. Please tell us more about you. I, as you were saying that, the first thing that came to mind was the only difference between the two is the size of the severance package at the end. <laughs> That's how it all comes together for me in wonderful humor and yeah. just creating what is it about creating relationships? So my background, um, hypnotherapist, PCC level coach with the ICF and uh, three-time number one Amazon bestseller. So working with clients on, on all those fronts, but really the relationship stuff is the fun stuff because it's not the external relationship at the end of it all. 
we'll go further into that later. <laughs> Is it my turn now? Do I get to? Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, and I'm Brooke. I'm the Chief um, Marketing and Operating Officer here at CLCI. And I am um, a, a woman of many relationships. <laughs> Um, some long, some short. <laughs> so, um, but that being said, relationships can be defined as many things, and and it's not just you know the 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 lover relationship that we're speaking of. There's business relationships. There's coach client relationships. There's a ton of different kind of relationships we can talk about. Real quick though, what do you guys think is like the number one killer in any kind of relationship? I mean, across the board, uh, I have my thoughts on it. Is, is it cheating if I know the answer? Since well, I mean, I'm talking about all kinds, but uh, I mean, in it, every well, okay, relationship. Any relationship, yeah. okay. But, but I think it's a violation of trust is really a big, I mean, that for me would be a huge killer, you know? Personally, I, I've, Again, personally, I think communication would be uh, mm -hmm. one of the largest killers. Lack of it, I should say. Mm -hmm. It's usually not a lack of. You're, they're usually communicating, but they're not communicating in a way that is beneficial to whoever you're in a relationship with. And that's what the, the next week we're going to do um, uh, speaking the same language. And the following week, we're going to do fair fighting techniques both Lisa concepts, <laughs> so, uh, which is exciting because then we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about those things and um, uh, how to do them, I guess, more successfully or fairly or what have you. So communication, trust. And I lean toward low individual self-esteem. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a big portion of what interferes with that creates <laughs> that creates the fertile ground for all the other stuff for the other things to grow from yeah yep or die from i guess mm -hmm. it's a particular case. And it truly is fertilizer so there we have that too yeah uh, real quick i want to say hi to carolyn vargas and hi anna cordova thank hi guys thank you for watching she says trust and a lack of communication and respect respect um well, respect, when it comes to respect, that, that's big across the board. What what creates respect? What, I mean, is that something you pluck from the thin air? Is it something you just give to people? Is it, I mean. I think there's different ways to earn respect and build respect. Some people will automatically come in and already have that respect, just like trust. They'll already have the trust. They'll already have the respect until you start the opposing person, right? Mm -hmm sharing with other things. Carolyn Vargas says pride. Pride mm -hmm. is often, and I think pride pride, and, and that self-esteem thing kind of are, are connected, aren't they? They're, they're uh, similar. I guess a symptom, one's a symptom of another, I would think. <laughs> yeah, it becomes the, what is the energy of pride at that point? Is it, is it egotistical pride that puts me above someone or is it proud of myself where I'm energized with confidence, which is an entirely different energetic um, rather than needing to be prideful, boastful in that sense of the word, which shuts down communication. Um, Anthony Lopez says the relationship evolving or the people changing and it ends, maybe they just, this is something similar to my, what my dad has said. You either change together or you change apart. Um, uh, and then Carolyn says, ego, 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 everyone's greatest obstacle. <laughs> um, 
so the, very much all of these are, I think now we have some statistics though of the, the, the relationship relationship killers. Well, before, people, you, before you go yeah. there, let me share. So I'm a big Gottman fan as some of you may know, and I've got the four horsemen of apocalypse that he utilizes as a title to make it more easily understood. Uh, so he's got the, uh, if you will, the negative side, and then he's got the antidote to that. So I won't talk about the antidote right now. I'm just going to talk about the four apocalypse, uh, which is criticism. It's a char character attack, right? What's a character attack? You're, you're pointing the finger at them and telling them they've done bad in some fashion, right? That, they're, that their character is not good. Uh, the contempt that's where we're talking about the no respect, the lack of, uh, or disrespect. And we've got the defensive mechanism that I'm gonna defend myself. And then usually what I do, if I'm defending myself, is then point the finger at you and blame you for something uh, that you were asking me about. And then stonewalling, where I'm just gonna shut down, I'm gonna check out, I'm not gonna be here to participate. So those and uh, with Gottman, he has simplified it to give us those titles to kind of relate and then we'll talk later about the antidote okay my question for you my question for you though in that those those to me feel like again like symptoms of you know what i mean they're they're like they are sort of ways that we express ourselves when something deeper is going on um uh and so I, it's for me it would be figuring out what that something deeper is which comes down to the communication the respect the ego the pride right at the end of the day um yeah. working past the frustration mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's in those when we're when we're being contemptful or critical that's usually that's sort of a, a way of fighting i guess you have to recognize what you're doing first mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? you have to understand what you're doing so that in this place, if you don't already work backwards and it comes down to like what we were talking last a couple weeks ago about what is the why and getting down to what's underneath all of that. Um, any other thoughts with that with I mean, Dan, do you have any? Yeah, it, I think it, it, it underlies right into what is the purpose mm -hmm. and also a little bit of what we talk about in level two, that difference between attachment and connection. Am I attached to the idea of it being one person or the relationship being a certain way mm -hmm. and this story and what I'm supposed to get out of it and how it fulfills me from, but it's this external rather mm -hmm. than the connection to the energetic of what is the ideal, who may be the ideal and coming from a place of a full cup rather than doing the, um, um, Hold on, it'll be there in a second. The <laughs> Oliver Twist walking around with a bowl saying, please, sir, may I have I some more? <laughs> um, so, well, that's my, my, my question is when you say ideal and we use words like ideal, we're all human, right? So is that even, is that, is there such a thing? Because at the end of the day, we can have a concept of ideal, but really we're going to have to deal with the whole person at some point. And that means traits that are less than ideal, right? Why I don't use the word perfect. Mm -hmm. because well, ideal and, yeah go ahead well and we have to have the if you will I'm, i don't mean literally although it could a contract with each other so that we can work through the ways that we need to work through things and set things up um, if i go through this 
I may need a moment to recapture who I am in a more um, a more uh, stable, I don't want to say stable, that's not the right word, calm, maybe calm. If I'm upset, trying to set a boundary when I'm upset is not really going to be beneficial because I'm still going to point the finger I'm upset. So it's finding that space in between that allows me to do the work. And I think that going right in along with that, that I don't, I particularly don't use the word I or perfect around that because ideal implies a lot of diff different things. It doesn't just mean I'm seeing the world and experiencing it through rose colored glasses and everything is perfect. Ideal also opens the possibility for me to be challenged mm -hmm. to grow because mm -hmm. that other person is a reflection of what's going on with me and the story I'm telling about it. And that might be my time to confront my crap and grow and let the relationship connect and bloom from there. Well, and not to be spooky woo woo, you know, but there are these concepts of, um, of soulmates or twin flames. But when you really read about what that is, it's probably one of the most challenging relationships because they're, they exist to make you grow and mm -hmm. we grow out of out of uh, we don't grow when we're everything's fantastic and wonderful and puppies and kittens yeah we yeah. grow when things are tough <laughs> um, when i hear people say that it, it kind of makes me crazy at the same time because oh it's my soulmate it's like do you know what you just said <laughs> go ahead <Danny. laughs> and and that's exactly it it's like because i play in that space in my the other half of my practice sometimes and not again not to make it spooky woo woo but if 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 we're playing with this idea of soulmate that could mean they are there to help you grow and be difficult. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not about, but unfortunately all the, I shouldn't say all, most of the narrative around this idea of soulmate and twin flame is, oh, we're going to be so happy together yeah. and it's wonderful. Oh. <laughs> when that ain't it. <laughs> Total fairy tale. And that's mm -hmm. where all of this gets lost. People expect in a relationship to be living the fairy tale and it's not supposed to be this much work. We're not supposed to have this kind of conversation. That's what I've heard time and time again. It should not, I should not need to say this. I should not have to clarify. I should not have to tell them, I, I, you know, so there's so much I should not have to. Um, and those are the killers. <laughs> We're going back to the title. Uh, if you are so stuck on your story attached to the story of what your um, old set of patterns and beliefs are, mm -hmm. what we have to be in order to get to the other side is open and flexible mm -hmm. and open to the possibilities of something other. Um, well, and that's a, attachment, uh, again, not being attached to, and, and I think it's also trusting the process and the person, but I think it, a big part of it too is coming back together. Like where you may have those moments, but you have to make that commitment to, okay, I'm gonna go back and actually have a reasonable conversation with this person and not just give up on it, you know? And, and that's that's the stonewalling, right? Where you, um, but being able to, to come back together even after those moments when they were tough and, and have a reasonable conversation is huge. And I think it also wow. comes back to trusting self to be able to have that conversation and come out the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Because we can show up in our most authentic place and being ready, no control over the other person and how they respond, react or anything else to it. It, it, it comes back here ultimately. And maybe 
maybe the fact that we had that it, it's really easy in the attachment phase to have that conversation and have it go wrong and blame blame ourselves well, i shouldn't have done that i should have kept my mouth no <laughs> you should have had that conversation because it got you free of the stuff you were in <laughs> own that well i will say too i so i have um i honesty is something that's very important to me and so i i ask please be honest even if it's painful or critical but i had the tough lesson of learning you have to also receive receive you have to be equally as graceful you know receiving the honesty as it's, it's as important as giving the honesty and and how you receive it it plays a big part in in that is true, but it's also delivery. So there's some people that will say, I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. It's like, it's not about sugarcoating. There's, there are vocabulary words that work better for someone else to be able to hear than other vocabulary words that are harsh and critical. Mm -hmm. um, you know, starting off with, I love you. Um, let's, let's talk about our relationship where do we want to see it grow from here? You pissed me off. No, 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 Right? Totally a different thing than that softer, as John Gottman calls it, softer startup. Well, and that's like the, the I statements and the, um, you know, and that's, but that can be tough in those moments when you, when you've got your, your, uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Carolyn Vargas says, what about comparing whether it's um, comparing with other people, comparing with comparison with other relationships? So taking your and comparing it with others and saying it's one of the things that I think it can be very damaging about about Facebook and social media is people are only showing you a very narrow view. And if you compare yourself to that, it's completely unfair to everybody involved. Right? In your past relationships, that's baggage. Oh yeah, when somebody going on a date with somebody and all they do is talk about their ex, um, and their ex or, big or you're in a relationship and there's things about a past relationship that you mm -hmm. want either didn't like or did like, it doesn't matter what side of the fence, but then you're comparing it to the relationship that you're in. Absolutely. That's baggage. That's baggage. <laughs> it doesn't matter good or bad, it's still baggage. You have to end the moment. That's the mindfulness presence of what works for me today what do I need to build from here? How do I express myself to my partner so that they are hearing me and not feeling lambasted is the only word I can think of. So one of the things we, we this is just kind of, we talked about last week with Joe, when Joe was here was that um, uh, about how the older we get, the more timid we get, the more, more rigid we get, the more sort of afraid because we've been through we've tripped and we've fallen, we've realized it hurts. And so we, I don't want to, we try to avoid that again. So in a relationship, how, no, with that, and you've been hurt, you've been, how do you move through it with that sort of freedom of allowing everybody to just be and not being scared and not being, I mean, it's, 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 it sounds fantastic, but it seems like it might be harder than it, than, than, you know, you say it, <laughs> but then just saying it, I guess you could say. Um, so thoughts? <laughs> It's a tough space, having been, having been there many, many times in my 20s. And I think the big shift after my first marriage ended in divorce, which I asked for, and both of us were ready to tap out, but neither of us was owning it. Um, there came a moment where I was working with my counselor on it. Yes, yes, counselor. Um, 
that I needed I needed to protect my space because it was it was draining me. Everything that was going on, but the relationship was the heart of the drain. And understanding that I had to put myself first to take care of it and move through it. And yes, there was another person involved with it. My then wife, not not another person, but my <laughs> my then wife was involved. And that was a hard thing to work through because the story was. I'm hurt. My story was, I'm, if I do this, I'm going to hurt someone else and blah, 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 blah. And that was, that was the thing I had to move through and really own and navigate it on the backside that we both came out of it. Yeah. There was, there were a lot of scary moments. There were a lot of harsh emotional moments. Years later, now I see I can, I can handle it better that her stuff isn't my stuff or no longer is. But in that moment of someone else pointing the finger saying, you did this to me, you did this to me, you did this to me, it's hard not, to, particularly from somebody who is, has a, a high level of empathy, it's really hard not to take that on and own it as, oh my God, I practically killed someone. I killed the relationship, mm -hmm. but it, it truly needed to die for us both to be happy. That's and a silence funny. fills the room. I don't know, no, no, I was just, we're all thinking about what you just said. Um, you want honesty, you're getting it from me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, where I'm going to go with is that's when I work with couples, I don't try to keep them together for mm -hmm. that reason. It's what's best going to work for the couple. That's not how most people do it. Their goal mm -hmm. is to keep the couple together. So when I work, I would have been very supportive of that exchange of you guys coming to that realization and what is the next game plan from there, essentially. Yeah. And that was where this counselor was with it. And I really feel like as, as I look back on that relationship, he was really more of a coach to me mm -hmm. because he let me come to my conclusion and then really helped me find the space in myself to stand up and make the declaration I needed to make in it. That's, that's, that's a, one of, I mean, that is always difficult. That is so, I mean, in, in marriage and everything, that's, it's never an easy conversation to have um, at all. And uh, one that, that we would happily avoid, <laughs> um, but <laughs> you, yeah, reach a point, which brings me to a, a thought or question, something we talk about in level one, it's mentioned at some point, and that is that relationships are the catalyst for change, typically. Can you guys talk on, about that a little bit? there's no relationship if there's if if there's just a person what what's the reason to do anything differently and that could be shifting to an external and you know the relationship between other other a well, single other person in romantic relationship or in community relationship relationship to others and i keep coming back to the inside there's also the relationship with myself and if yeah. i'm beating myself up and I'd start to notice it and don't want to feel that way anymore. The catalyst for change is the change I want to have in my own inner self-talk as well. I love that you brought that up because that was one big relationship that we really haven't mentioned and we probably don't think about very often. And that is our own relationship with ourselves um, because we all have to live with ourselves every day, right? <laughs> a lot of the people we are in a relationship with, whoever we're in the work, home, friends they are 
they are a mirror to who we are. And it is also a great opportunity if we can and want to grow a relationship to find out how we own who we are and what we need to go through to maintain it. Yeah. A question. Um, yeah. Um, so we're speaking about your relationship from within with yourself and then also exterior relationships as well. Uh, anybody, um, do you believe that there is a level of importance that you should um, put above either of those or go ahead and is, what I'm trying to ask is, do you believe that, is it more important to take care of your, your relationship with yourself or exterior ones or is there no no level of importance. It's kind of just something that should happen all at once. Just curious. Who wants to go first? <laughs> oh, I'm wrestling you. You ready? Right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> go ahead, Dean. Relationship with self takes precedence over everything and has to be reinforced, has to be protected, and has to be nurtured. It's the foundation of any relationship. Because what happens when you lose yourself? I mean, you you lose identity you lose everything right <laughs> you, yeah. you um, fail. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and that's what happens and when i both friends a long time ago and then occasionally and when i get into into relationship work with a client that the ones who are looking who feel a void in themselves and it's like oh this person out here completes me and you hear that languaging a lot mm -mm. No, they, they might fit that space in some way, but that once they go away, then the void is back and it feels bigger because the puzzle piece got ripped out most times. It, you, you have to come from that full cup and well, there we go. That's one of the things I like is uh, Jerome and I have had this exact conversation kind of where um, you can't begin to fill another person's cup if yours is empty or void or, you know, you, there's nothing to spill over and give when you are, you are vacant. That being said though, that isn't to say that you have to be, you know, a hundred percent perfect, the best person you're always going to be. Where, where I want to go is yeah. you can be in a relationship and be working on building it's, who you are and working on the relationship. It takes a lot of strength and perseverance and openness to go down that path and not well, getting into shame or blame the other person. That I will argue that we're always a work in progress, right? We are always a work in progress. Um, so we will should we'll always be working on ourselves, even in our relationship. So knowing that, what is the indicator that you are ready for a relationship? I, I mean, I have thoughts, but. I think for each person, it's gonna be different, honestly. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, that's the a, indicator. It's, that's a rough one. That's a, that's tough, a tough one, right? It's like, when is it? I'm ready now. And I guess it's just sort of an internal thing, but I don't, um, I, we would all probably have our own definition of that. But I, I would go ahead. When I'm, when I'm in a place that I feel like I could be um, unselfish or think about somebody else, you know, like where I'm not, it's, I'm, in, I'm in a thriving place, not a surviving place, I guess you could say. <laughs> um. There's many people that strike up relationships in a surviving place there's plenty of people that That's you true. know they go through um what is it the you know, i got a blank the addiction center where they go through and they come out in a relationship but it's not based on what they live into out in the world 
So it's chances are that it's not gonna it's not gonna survive, right? But that's at the same time though, being somebody that's been in relationships that haven't, sometimes that's okay though because you grow and it's what you needed at the time. That's but now that has changed, yeah. and so we don't have to beat ourselves up over a relationship not working. It's just that you are in a different place in your life, right? And that's not what normal. I'm going to say normal that is not the right word, but most people, they don't come out of a relationship like that because they have been taught mostly that you've got to fight mm-hmm. and knock down, drag out. They, they haven't come to the idea mostly that we can have a, a conversation about not this not working out and be really sad about this not working out and really wish that it would have worked out. What can we learn from it so that we don't bring it into the next? That's an immature adult relationship when you can bring that. What, what did I learn and what do I need to do differently? Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony says, sometimes you will never be ready or know that you're ready. You can always find new things to work on and improve on. But at the end of the day, it, you, it could be just taking a leap of faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, how else? We've already described how else have we seen a lot of the times that we need our own self grow is by in that mirror of our person that we're trying to have a relationship with. And I think that, oh, go ahead. I think that brings, brings it back around to what Lisa was saying earlier, that space of the reflection, recognizing the reflection and being, having a level of emotional intelligence, not to be attached to that cultural or family storyline of you've got to fight for it you've got to beat up because that's attachment as well mm-hmm. and being in a space of being kind to my being kind to ourselves and recognizing the learning moving into that that presence of what did i learn from it and how to move it forward so we're not in the con all the time of us or the other person mm-hmm. Um, a question i had read uh it's similar to what jerome asked um we have many relationships, right? We have relationships, we have business relationships, we have personal relationships, we have friends, lovers, all these things. Is there any time, how do you prioritize? Sometimes they don't jive with one another, right? And sometimes this is, can be a relationship killer. Well, you're spending, you're giving me enough attention, you're giving this enough too much attention, you're giving this relationship, and then jealousy happens or resentment. And so, what is is there is there um, a, a way to mitigate that kind of um, reaction, or is there a way to strike a balance? Uh, any thoughts on that? <laughs> like you said earlier, it's a symptom. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. to get underneath and well, I hate to use that word why but why is that affecting what about that um, what does it even what does it remind you of and what do you want to do about it today and oftentimes without asking you right now Brooke give me an example but just kind of out there oftentimes it has to do with the love and self-love and our ability to recognize it. And when it's not in front of us, can we recognize it? And a lot of people have a hard time recognizing when it's not right in front of them. You'll hear people um, talk about even just a friendship that they haven't spoken with in a while and they're able to pick up, like it was yesterday that they spoke. And that's because it didn't need to be right there in front of them, that love 
was supportive and respectful, all of those kinds of things. How do we bring that into our daily life and blossom it from there? So my, my question is, what is it about those relationships that where, where you know you don't have to nurture it, it just is, right? It's just, it's one of those things where you just know it exists and it, it is, and that, that person is there. Um, there those are think, the relationships that are like a ficus. Yeah, you just so put what, a little bit of water on them every now and yes. then, it just continues to thrive and be fine. So what is, what is unique about those relationships? Like why, what is it that, that makes those relationships different from the others? I think on some, every time I've had that type of connection, the underlying respect of each other's boundaries is there. The, the understanding that we both have lives and maybe it's been 10, 15, 20 years that we haven't connected. You know what? The phone rings both ways. I'm responsible too. And the, the, the also genuine interest in being involved is like time mm -hmm. has passed, but let's make, let's make this connection happen. And it's awesome that to see you so again so important that I think that is so critical that that I I I'm interested in your life but I'm also I also understand that you have one you know and I respect that but um that 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 I think you, you mean you really hit the nail on the head with the boundaries the I mean it's a respect thing and it's also an interest an interest yeah. Yeah. and it's and I, what's coming to mind here is two years ago when I taught in Dallas my closest friend that I've known since kindergarten we graduated together and shortly after graduation, we lost touch. I lost track of him, no contact for 25 plus years. And out of the blue, we connected a few months before I went to teach in Dallas. He lives outside of Dallas. We went out to dinner that night and it was like, just catch up and everything was great. And note that 25 years didn't even exist. I'll also say, lack of expectation kind of i mean it, it's 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 an understanding not an expectation i guess mm -hmm. you could say you understand that that person is there and that, that you guys will get together it'll be fantastic but you don't have parameters mm -hmm. with which that will happen right and there's as, as you're sharing that what comes up to me is there there's an interesting dynamic in in those relationships there's what i mentioned before like the genuine interest there's no shaming energy around like where have you been for 25 years? Why uh -huh. did you try and reach out and find me? That guilt. <laughs> yeah, like the guilt that comes from that lesser than, I want to make you feel bad because I haven't seen you for 25 years versus, oh, where did that time go? Let's hang out. So I'm going to ask this question. Where does guilt come from? That's a deep, I mean, that's a... <laughs> from we have time. To... <laughs> the, the administering of it or the feeling of it? Well, if somebody is, 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 I mean, cause it's both. I mean, there is something there's, it's, it takes two to make guilt happen. Right. Uh, cause if I don't feel guilty and you're trying and I have no reason to feel, I'm not gonna, so like, go ahead, have fun. <laughs> like, um, you have to be open to receiving the guilt in order for it to affect you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic guilt. <laughs> I, think a lot of I think it's one of those words that we attribute to all bad and i don't think it's all bad mm. i think it serves a purpose when it serves a purpose you know i know the three of us are in a, in a class and they were talking about the victim and sage and all this good stuff and when it's used in the the way that's not meant to be harmful <laughs> mm -hmm. self or otherwise guilt has a has an education possibility 
Whereas the criticism of guilt can take us down a different spiral. Or somebody was going to say something I heard. Is there another way? Because I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Guilt has such baggage. It does. It's 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 like that first date with the you know <laughs> talking about all the exes and saying they were all horrible right there. There's a lot of baggage, and guilt has the same thing. It has a lot of baggage for me, um, because it always again is is something that that I don't know. That just can do a lot of bad things. So is there another way? To, another thing you can call guilt that lesson that like okay, I don't like the way this feels. I don't. I don't want to do that again, because I mean, the guilt doesn't have to come from someone else. We can we can self relationship ourselves sure. guilty into things. <laughs> you know, growth is is a good word. You know, if we're into self growth, it's one of those lessons. It's identifying that moment that okay, I, this I didn't like the way this made me feel. We don't even have to say apply guilt to it. It's just acknowledging mm -hmm. something that that didn't resonate with you, and then. Uh, ideally learning and changing uh, there's a level of like the word that keeps coming up is grace and acceptance mm -hmm. around that i love that yeah. gracefully saying i you know i felt that way then and what did i learn from it mm -hmm. and yet yeah, made I, I feel sad about it but it, i will do my best not to repeat it either the situation or the activity again and that's a forgiveness acceptance yeah because it's yeah. a learning it's learning and that's yeah it's learning and again it's another way relationships help us learn and and change um unless we take on what we have coined as the resentment flu is that we don't voice it we continually um, hold on to things i've never heard that before the resentment flu <laughs> I resent this and i don't really voice it or i have voiced it and you haven't again pointing the finger you haven't accommodated my request and then we go down that path again, and we go down that path again, and that resentment keeps building. And a lot of the times, that is a killer of a relationship. Um, Devil's advocate, do you have to voice your resentments? Like, do you, is that, is that a necessity? Do you, do you have to get, okay, I have to tell you this, otherwise I'm never getting past it. That has to happen. That's mm -hmm. the red flag that people talk about. Oh, I wish I would have paid attention to those red flags. Mm -hmm. Well, you did pay attention to the red flags. What you didn't do was talk about the red flags and find out what works and what doesn't work mm -hmm. mm -hmm. in a relationship. Yeah, I, it, I'd love that. I think of like, oh, I'm seeing like Dr. Resentment Popper right now. It's like, there's this image from Dr. Like of Dr. Pimple Popper of this thing that just festers <laughs> and festers and festers. And if you don't cut it out, it's just going to get worse. It just continues to grow. I mean, but, and you have to, you, that has to involve the other person to cut it out is my question. Cause I, mean, mm, I feel no. like there are things no. I could go and work on and then be like, okay, that was about me. You know, I can go into, cause there's, there's some situations where you may not get to talk to that person or you may, you know, um, but you can get through the resentment with on your own as well on some level. I, right? Ideally yeah. if it's with someone else, ideally it's helpful to talk with them mm -hmm. talk it through with them mm -hmm. but absolutely you can do it on your own as well well so. I, yeah i'm thinking about other relationships like if i have a boss that is you know and i you know i really can't air my grievances with this boss um i have to find a way to get through that um outside of telling him he's an asshole <laughs> <laughs> another way you might say <laughs> <laughs> which i don't have a yeah, and, male boss so <laughs> and, it's, and it's one of those things where 
they're they're again coming back to this idea of connection not attachment even if we do get the opportunity to say some that thing to that person we can't be attached to they're going to receive it it's about it's about the getting it out give you a response that you find satisfactory all these Mm -hmm. things because if you've played it out in your head a hundred times chances are it's not going to go the way you think it is um but it does come back to your delivery method also is you can be conscientious on how you're stating things and be as mindful in, intentionally using those words to be as mindful as possible with what message you want to send. That is, I, I'm just thinking uh, out loud as you're sharing. Um, so in business for me, it's, I'm, I'm very, very easy for me in business, keep a level head, take a moment, think about it, breathe it through, give it 24 hours, but sometimes in personal, not as easy. <laughs> um, so, but, but why wouldn't I take the same tools I use in my business and apply them to personal so that I take that 24 hours, take a breather, take a, you know, I know better to do it here. Why do I have no, res- no restraint here? And that's, um, it, again, that's just, you know, me selling myself short because I do. And I'm, <laughs> um, uh, but again, relationships across all bounds and tools applicable across all bounds as well. Um, and it's funny that when I've had conversations, maybe not with clients, but similar conversations in, in that space with people, um, the story of the difference of these two compartments that come up, that I can do it at work, but can't do it here, that what tends to come up here is the underlying thing is, I'll die alone. <laughs> And that's, that has come up in a number of conversation with friends. I'm I'm not talking. The cynic in me goes, well, you're going to die alone anyways. I mean, everybody dies alone. (laughs) Unless you're in like a mass, but it's still kind of a solo process. (laughs) If we're going to get dark. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there's this fear of being alone that, (laughs) that creeps forward that I can always find another job, but for some reason... There's an attachment that this person is the one. And that's so funny, right? That we get, why is that? Why is that that we we are so open to uh, switching jobs or switching, you know, trading things in and out like hairstyles. But then when it comes to this one thing, we get so attached. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree that we don't trade in relationships because, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in Orange County area and I read the statistic of divorce rates. Oh yeah, we were just... <laughs> It's unbelievable the lack of commitment people have because it gets hard. And so because it gets hard, the expectation of the fairy tale seems to take over. That's well, and that, you and I had this conversation not too long ago. I said, what is the most important thing in a relationship? And I, you know, I th- thought it was trust, but you nailed it on the head. You said commitment. It's mo- having that commitment to one another without it, who cares? Love isn't even more important than commitment. <laughs> um, well, it, it's committed to having the hard conversation of, again, the red flags of the attachments of the being able to talk about them and not blowing up through them. Finding the space like you were talking about one has at work is so much easier at work. But we're not as attached to the, the people like we are to our mates. Mm-hmm. And the attachment that we have in our mates, we've invested a lot of something in them. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the line, we want to be right. 
And I wonder if also in there between the two, because I'm, I'm hearing it, I'm hearing where you're coming from with that, that on that investment difference between the two, that, a, that over here in work, there's some level of a detachment because I'm invested in a role, yeah. but in relationship, I'm invested in my identity. Well, yeah. not only that, but in work, it's a very clear, very clear understanding of what we are working towards there's a this is we we it's a financial goal it's a goal of success it's a but we know what that is right in personal there's can be a lot more vague right you don't necessarily know that you guys are you're working towards love okay then then that's what i mean but is that defined as much as i know if i have to close a deal i know if i have to i have to keep business flowing i know it's very clear process whereas this side doesn't necessarily have that level of clarity which because it's emotional you know to bring up a good point we've also been trained in our work stuff or go through training and in relationship there's not training Although for me and my husband, we broke up before we got married and then we went to counseling. We decided to get back together and counseling allowed for a different way to speak to one another and have that support system to help us muddle through how we were saying something and how what we really meant by what we were saying. So it's getting underneath and getting to the emotional like you were speaking about because we are family. When we're in that family position, love does have a big part, but at the same time, <laughs> the struggle, the struggle's real. It's how we deal with it. Well, and one of the amazing things that you said when we had that conversation about the commitment being the most important thing, and uh, was that, well, if, if you, and I was like, but what about love? What about, and you're like, well, if you, you can find love again, but not if you aren't committed to coming back together to, to work on that and figure that out. And um, I think in business too, a lot of times we're bound by contracts and things of that nature. And so we have to be committed to figuring it out. Um, and I, I guess that's where that, that marriage, that, that, that kind of um, commitment plays a big role, right? It's, it's the attempt to do something similar um, as well. But we can always pull the parachute. <laughs> <laughs> There is a there is a time that my husband and I, when we were married, that either one of us was going to pull the parachute, but we did have the ability to keep turning towards each other, as Gottman calls it, that turn towards, and keep working at that detail that we needed to work at. Um, some of it is still the same. Thirty some odd years later, you know, we've been together with. 38 years, married 33. Some of it's never changed. And then other, other phases of it has completely changed. So it's trusting. And I trusted him, especially today that he's got my back. And I think he trusts me today. And I don't have to think he trusts me today that I have his back, even though we still struggle. Mm -hmm. We have personalities. Yeah, we're people. <laughs> Again, yes. And that's always going to be great. Uh, I mean, sometimes we are, we're not perfect. <laughs> we're not meant to be. Well, I'm perfect. He's not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this, uh, you, you mentioned um, you guys speaking about having each other's backs. Uh, I kind of, maybe we have more time for this because I think this is big next week. Um, vulnerability in relationships. I think. Oh my gosh, it's mm -hmm. very important. And well, that's the building of trust. And that was one of the things that, I mean, we, we only have about 10 minutes left, but um 
I wanted to talk touch on is is that building of trust, and I wanted to also talk about that with our clients as coaches as well, and and um, generating that, maintaining it, and how how to do so. But that might be an entire other topic for an entire entirely different day. So um, so in that case, we have ten minutes left. Final thoughts? Anything uh, we want to wrap up or touch on or questions? Uh, anybody out there as well? But Anna Cordova says in relationship, you need to create time for each other, each other um, but it is also essential and healthy to have time for yourself and to work on your own personal growth. Um, there, there's a lot of different things that'll help with that. Yeah, it's the, the small things in most relationships that matter most. A lot of the times um, people will do in relationship big gestures and think they're gonna get lots of points for that. And really the partner generally says, it's just the small things that really mean a lot to me. So yeah, it's the little things and it's just the, the consistency, right? I think that a consistency is so critical yeah. in uh in a relationship is yeah. consideration, yeah. thoughtfulness. And thoughtfulness not meaning I'm getting you a gift. Thoughtfulness meaning I'm thinking about you throughout the day and I let you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are a human being that pops in my head and I, I express that. <laughs> yes. Um which that's I mean, one of the things my wife and I do is not so much now unfortunately because we don't travel as much but um each of us we we tended to travel opposite so there were times we wouldn't see each other for 10 or 12 days and we would slip cards into uh -huh. each other's suitcases before we left or if we missed the slipping it in we put it on the the bedside table for when they got home and just that that constant reminder that we're there for each other mm -hmm. i love it I got the warm and fuzzies. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> the one and only. The one and only. Oh. Yes. Um, See, what did so, I learn from the other one? <laughs> remember vocabulary. <laughs> yes. Um, any other uh, final thoughts with regard to how to how to unkill your relationships <laughs> and we've got next tuesday coming up it's isn't it before valentine's it, it is it? yes yeah. mm -hmm. so i think talking about what builds relationship i mean we've touched well, it. yeah next week we're going to talk about speaking the same yeah. language that's why I, I i i thought that 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 long language conversation about how and hearing the same language as well, well gary chapman's mm -hmm. um five love languages i think are a great place to start it is not the end all be all but i think it's a great place to pay attention to yeah absolutely and that's where i wanted us to jump off on and i also wanted to apply it to so this will be next week apply it to um coaching business speaking your client's language and and also helping them to speak language to the people in their life as well um uh so just sort of that 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 snowball of of once i've learned that language is uh goes beyond uh just being english um <laughs> Uh, or Spanish, uh, there's a whole lot of nuance and um, a lot a, a lot to be learned in that area. I have a short so. story. Can I give you a short story? I'm running through the airport, going to one of these classes that we so love to teach. I'm running through the airport, trying to get, because I'm in between planes, right? I have to, I think I was in Dallas. I'm, I'm heading down the run, or down the hallway to get to the next plane. And I have these um, lovely people from Japan stopping me. It's like, I'm like, why are you stopping me? They didn't speak English. 
but I read their body language. Oddly enough, I understood what they were asking. I was able to direct them as if I'm the know-all, be-all of all things. So body language has a huge piece in all of this. So pay attention to your body language and we'll speak more on that. Yeah, I love it. Jerome, final thoughts? Um, relationships are hard, <laughs> but I think they're important and they're worth fighting for and understanding. So. Um, that's, I mean, as humans, I think we all crave relationships. I think that's all at the core of our existence. Um, so being able to figure out exactly how you work as a person and how you are compatible with other people, I think is worth all the time in the world because at the end of the day, that is one of the most important things in the world is relationships, so. Yeah, yeah. Dan, final thoughts? Love yourself deeply and selfishly in an egoless way. It's confidence. Uh, well, it's, it's humbly confident is what it is in many, mm -hmm. uh, and finding that, that what that is. Yeah. And remember, we're all human trying to be loved. And uh, my uh, Jerome, with you, with regard to uh, relationships and them being absolutely, I I personally learned that you can't do it alone. I tried, and I I've learned it's not possible. <laughs> um, I definitely need people. Um, so, uh, in the same vein of love yourself and everything else, also um, be compassionate and understanding and uh, willing to to hear and forgive um, when 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 it's right you know um but i think I that you, you always, have to give as forgive. well what please always forgive because if you don't forgive well yeah you've got to forgive yeah. it'll eat you alive uh-huh mm -hmm. but i mean uh, i guess what i'm saying when it's time when it's when it's you're in the, the there's that that forgiveness really starts with forgiving yourself and yeah. not forgiving somebody else so Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah um so Thank you guys out there for watching. <laughs> we will be doing this again next week at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is Certified Life Coach Institute. Dan is one of our amazing facilitators. He teaches a lot of our classes um, and uh, <laughs> he's got a, a, be a beating heart. Thank you for being here, Dan. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh, I want one. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to get myself a crystal yeah, heart. We're gonna apparently. have to hop on Amazon tonight. Now, now I know what I'm getting Jerome and I for Valentine's <laughs> Day, and that's crystal hearts. So, uh, thank you guys out there for watching. Make sure you comment, share, like, check out Certified Life Coach Institute. We certify life coaches in three days. All right, thank you, thank you, Anthony. <laughs> He's a great job, everyone. Thank you. The conductor this time, Greg. Have a beautiful. Evening. Oh yeah, I have to hit. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.